Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Welcome to episode two of the Ambitious Hipster, everyone. My name, John Warren. We did it. We made it to episode two. Episode one is in the books. It's a new week, new feel, and I got a very special episode here for you today. I'm going to be talking to a longtime friend, Christine D. We're going to talk about how we met and dive into a little bit of spirituality, but mostly we're going to be talking about her line of children's books she has, where she got the idea, what she's doing with them, where you can buy them. The link will be in the down below. It's going to be great. I cannot wait for this episode and this interview guys um speaking just a little bit though about this new adventure that i'm on i can't express enough how this has given me such an outlet to just voice my opinions or just kind of give me a thing to talk and um it's gonna be really cool um to just kind of find our identity and to grow with you guys it's definitely something that i'm uh i'm definitely gonna keep doing and i'm actually going to be starting a wrestling podcast this saturday um so look out for that as well and um so we're gonna send it to the interview at first though i'm gonna send it to taco the wonder dog as you could probably hear in the background there and um i'll come be back with the quote of the day hey man how's it going hello how's it going i'm gonna go into detail about how we met um, I think we've known each other probably for about 15 years. The better part of probably 20. Met at, uh, I think, at Brian's house when he was dating Sam. Yeah, you were. Um, that was Sam and Brian were together at the time. But I remember we met at, uh, we did meet at Brian's house. He was living up by uh, up by Bench, I think it was, or the other, where's the other direction? Near the, near the middle school? When he was living, he was living with his cousin there in her basement. That's long, long, long time ago. So what I'm going to ask you today is what uh, what got you into writing? Um, I don't ever really remember. Maybe you just, I never paid attention in high school either, though. I never remember you writing in high school. What was the one thing in your life that made you decide, you know what? I want to be a writer. Well, it's actually really weird. I wrote. I used when we got into when we got into English class in grade ten, we, it was obviously we had to do a lot of writing. So when we started writing poems, I we had an assignment. I got ninety eight percent on them. It was my first almost one hundred percent ever in school, and I couldn't stop writing. So I was just poem after poem after poem, and then I eventually I I started writing stories, and then the stories turned into something I thought I could illustrate and animate, but I couldn't draw a stick person for the life of me until one day I just sat down, didn't think about it, and Abby was born. That's that's awesome. Um, fuck, hey, like literally it was built of an A in English class. I don't even remember even getting. Like, even a report card from English class. I think I failed completely. Was that, like, with Mrs. Gates? Uh, no, it was the gym teacher's brother. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but we didn't get along at all. Like, there was times that I get so frustrated in class, I'd be, like, sitting outside the class. But it was only because I was, like, didn't I didn't realize that I was struggling with dyslexia and I wasn't getting the help I needed. I feel like that's where Abby was born, um, just realizing that you had dyslexia. 
and that type of thing? Like, do you think that that's kind of where the initial spark of Abby? Because we've talked on length about spirituality and how we believe the universe speaks to us and stuff like that. So do you feel like that's maybe the universe was speaking to you in the form of um, you finally realizing that you were dyslexic so you felt a way so you could try to communicate with other people in that aspect? Not really, no. I think Abby was more of a way to represent the healing from like all the trauma that I went through because I always tried to to find a way to kind of soften the blow in my in my head a little bit as I was healing from everything. And Abby just kind of manifested in that. That's why all the Abby stories, they talk about serious tough topics, but they're done in such a way that the story is relatable and easy to read and very colorful and fun so that kids can kind of pick up on it and run with it in the way that their brain handles that specific trauma that they're going through. And so Abby was is kind of the manifestation of how I handled my trauma inside of my head. She's very compassionate towards towards that towards whatever cause it is so abuse or neglect or disabilities or and you know other people with uh, say epilepsy even so she's very she's just she's just she embodies compassion when facing adversity definitely i mean we've talked on length about our trauma and stuff like that and from childhood and it's definitely been one of those things where healing is definitely something that i feel has helped me move past my trauma and how I healed is obviously different how you healed and that kind of thing um talk on length though about like the stories of Abby and like give me some insight of like what some of her books are about and go really into depth about that kind of thing I feel like it's super interesting and it's such a unique perspective that you don't see you don't see children's books on shelves teaching you how to deal with you know um for example molestation or epilepsy being different and having a disability or anything like that it's something so unique but i feel like especially in today's world where these diseases and these traumas are on the rise and they don't seem to be slowing down that it's almost like there's a call for it and that's something so unique and how how it's all marketed and stuff like that what's your goals with abby well with abby she she the books always start with her going on some kind of adventure because uh, growing up as like when growing up and dealing with your trauma as you're growing up your your childlike brain tends to kind of see things as an adventure anyway and it tends to make the adventure a little more safe I guess is the right word like when you think of an action movie it starts off with some the actor going on an adventure so as you're watching the movie you're not as scared as if you were if you were the actor itself going through the action so in a way it is kind of like a sense of depersonalization but it's also depersonalization is also proven to be quite healthy for people who have been experiencing trauma because it gives you that outside new perspective on how to face it right so that's what I wanted Abby to do so when Abby goes around and she goes on these adventures, she meets these people, well, animals. She meets these animals and they're facing different kinds of adversity. So in the first book, it's about a crow who's stealing her peanuts and she gets so 
mad that her peanuts keep getting stolen. But what she doesn't realize is that the crow can't fly to get his own food. So he's taking these peanuts to, to feed himself. So she's faced with him and she has to let go of her anger and judgment and understand where he's coming from and forgive him and they become the best of friends. And as, as it goes on, she meets a dragon who is having self-esteem problems and is having, is having problems respecting himself and accepting himself. So she takes him to a zoo and he introduces to she gets introduced to all these animals and he's like, what about something with teeth like mine and, and scales like mine? And he realizes that he's not like the fish at the zoo, but he has the scales. He's not like the dragon at the zoo because he has wings. So because he's so, it doesn't matter that he's so similar to everything around him. The fact that he has those differences of what is what makes him unique. It doesn't make him bad. So at the end of the book, he learns about self-acceptance. And then it just kind of goes on. And they, they, they tend to start to get a little more serious and a little more on the therapeutic side. I, I did dive into, um, what was it, physical disabilities. Because one day at the hospital, I was waiting in the, the kids' room because it was quiet. And a little girl came in and she had spina bifida. And she was two years old at the time, and she was the second baby in all of Canada to get the surgery while still in the womb. And her mother wanted me to write the book about this child being differently abled. So in the book itself, she's the one of the main characters in the book. She's It's Jacqueline the lion cub that has a shunt. And the shunt's the thing that helps drain the brain fluid, which is a side effect of having spina bifida. So every single one of my stories is kind of inspired by certain situations that I've seen people in that I've been in myself that I've watched people go in that I've heard about and it's just I put myself in those shoes and then I put Abby in those shoes and I depersonalize the experience so that the child doesn't doesn't have an emotional scarring towards it and Abby just stands and represents as a guide who helps walk the child through an actual therapeutic process. Like I actually research the steps and research like the the phases that somebody would go through when going through said event. And Abby actually walks that character through those phases. And at the end of the book, there's resolution. So it's it's just something that I I get I really love because I absolutely love therapy and I love therapy techniques and Abby the, Abby herself herself is just she's so calm and accepting and it doesn't matter who she runs into the latest book she actually runs into a turtle who's too afraid to come out of her shell because the turtle's been hurt and abused and doesn't know how to trust and she actually teaches this turtle how to trust by being consistent in her actions she is is being trying to be friendly she includes her she gives her gift she makes this turtle feel important and special and she shows that she can be trusted through consistency through positive actions through making the turtle feel positive and even in the book the turtle has a relapse because a snake is stealing the turtle's cookies so abby actually goes makes the snake return the cookies makes the snake apologize and explain the actions and the turtle now faced with something, an actual representation of mistrust and betrayal, now has to make that choice to decide, am I going to let this go or am I going to go back into my shell? And Abby helps keep her out of her shell. So it's just one of those things where the stories just kind of pop into my head and the characters pop into my head and then they just come to life. And it's these really relatable stories. Like I recently did one for a little girl with cancer and it was one of the most like meaningful experiences with my life of my life. 
it was, she was just, it's about a little princess and her dog. And uh, there's a dragon who steals her away and the dog saves her and it's the hero of the day. It's, it's very sweet. What do you expect out of these books? Like, what do you, what would be your main goal in the sense of, you know, 10 years down the road? What do you think, what do you, what would you like to see happen with Abby? I mean, I'm going to be honest, I don't think too big. I want Abby the Squirrel to have backpacks and hats because that's what she has. She has an adventure hat and a a nut hunting backpack. And I want her to be on every bookshelf and every counselor office and every doctor's office and every therapist's office, daycares, nurseries, schools, libraries, everything. Because I want her to be a symbol of like hope for a child going through a hard time. I want stuffed animals made of her so that the child can physically hold this stuffed animal, knowing that this is like a almost a pillar of strength for this child going through a hard time. Because it, it's unfortunate, but children do go through things that they shouldn't need to go through. And I want Abby to kind of be that, maybe Abby could be that one thing in their life that makes them feel like they can overcome it because not every child going through a trauma or abuse has something, it has something like that in their life because when they go to look for it, it hurts them and it kind of pushes them back further. And my goal with Abby in the books is to get her so widespread and so well known to the point where even just an image of her, a sticker of her on a wall beside a bed makes that child feel like they can take the world on is is how I would like Abby to be. No, that's awesome. And I definitely think that there's definitely a market for all of that stuff. And I honestly, I think that you're going to become a household name. Um, it's one of those things where it's just going to be like a wildfire. And I really, like I've read some of them and especially like the one that you gave me with the horse's feathers. It's such a unique book and it's so like just, it's it's one of those things where if you have difficulties fitting in, because that's basically what that book is about. It, if you have difficulties fitting in, you don't have to feel like you're alone. And maybe these books can maybe help that kid who's in school or doesn't know how to communicate. Me personally, I'm a very awkward person. I very I have problems making friends. I'm just for the fact that I'm super sarcastic, and some people take that off as me a prick, which I'm not. I'm just a very polite individual and i don't like to look stupid so that's one of my biggest issues is i just don't talk and when i do talk i just come off condescending um like i was saying earlier me and you are both into spirituality and we talk about this all the time do you think a lot of the things that happened in your life set you up like almost in a sense of like the universe was talking to you about like abby like it was pushing you in that direction um, me personally, for example, I feel like everything has led up to what I'm doing right now. Even just talking to you right now on, you know, on Skype, um, everything has led to that. I like to talk a lot. Um, I'm very loud. I have an opinion about everything. So it's only natural that I would have my own little talk radio show. Um, do you think the universe pushed you in that direction or do you think it's just kind of something that just kind of happened? No, no, I, I agree. Like, uh, you know, for a while there before I actually found like the right form of therapy, I never believed everything that happened to me to be a blessing because it, it just happened like wildfire like it hit from when I was a baby and didn't stop until I was 25 so it's just 
one and 25 is when I started doing those books, actually, as funny as that sounds. Um, but I believe that everything that was given to me by the universe was given to me because they, it knew I could handle it. And not only that, I was prepped with the ability to write, create a story, break it down. I have the brain of a therapist. And now that I have the now that I was in the mind of the victim and the brain of a therapist, I'm given two very unique perspectives. So not only has have I, where was I the abused and traumatized child, I'm also the healed, calm and wise adult, which I think if I was anybody else, I don't think I would have been able to handle what all that was given to me. And there are people on the streets who had one tenth of what happened to me happen to them, and they didn't handle it very well. They weren't resilient. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Everybody has their own path in life. But I do feel like the universe made me who I was, put me with the parents that I had, put those bad people in my life for a reason, me this talent and this skill for a reason. So in a way, like I, I realized after doing a certain therapy called accelerated, Res- accelerated resolution therapy that everything that was given to me truly was a gift. And underneath all of that emotional scarring, once that all went away, there was this huge blessing and this huge resilience and this huge ability to tell a story on, on both ends from the beginning to the end. I don't think I would have been able to achieve everything that I have achieved over the last five or six years of doing these books if it wasn't for what happened to me because the ability to overcome that childhood trauma left me with a really high level of resilience and patience and everything I needed to learn everything I needed to do because I had to learn how to edit I had to learn how to illustrate I had to learn how to format I had to learn all the Adobe programs it took me so long to even get to the point where the books are at a point of being published that I look back and I think I am so glad I listened to that certain someone about baby steps because I was always, I was constantly always trying to just make things happen right now. And if I didn't listen to him when I, when I did and actually truly took it in and really respected the fact that he put me in my place and stopped me and slowed me down, I wouldn't be where I am today because I would have just been spinning my tires like I was my whole life trying to get somewhere. So I just, I I entirely believe that the universe connected me with that, that person at that time. And I wouldn't have got there if I didn't go through that bad thing that led me to that place. So I feel the same way about all the other bad things that led me to my place now, because I learned that if I could feel this deep well of anger and pain and sadness and betrayal, then I could also feel the same amount of joy, love, gratitude, respect, everything positive, everything opposite of those things. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to make that transition and that switch because I know for a fact that the solution and the vibration are on two separate paths. So if I'm going to stay on this path of darkness and anger and sadness, it's only going to keep me from going down. But the thing is, life is like a heartbeat. It goes straight, it goes up and down. 
and there's that kind of that medium spot in between and that also speaks to the law of polarity but if if i can dip that all the way all the way down like i knew i was that means that i could climb that same level up so in essence i wanted to use everything that i had learned as kind of like rungs on a ladder to climb and climb and climb and climb and climb and when i got to the top i realized that i had something very valuable to share with the world and the messages aren't going to be for everybody but for the people they are for, I can't wait to share them. I can't wait for them to read those books. I can't wait for a child to read that, have that seed planted, and 20 years later, have that kind of pop back into their head and be like, oh, wait, <laughs> I remember that. I agree more. Um, I think the universe definitely brought me out here um, when I was 21 because I was trying to escape. And I think the universe knew that I needed to be away from my demons and my past and the people that were i'm not gonna say holding me back because i feel like that's such a cop-out for you not taking responsibility in your own actions um i really think though the universe took me here so it said okay you're here and you're gonna have to either grow up or you're gonna be homeless and i really appreciated it and that's i feel like that's where i really cut my teeth and i got my work ethic that i got now and for that, I'm just, I'm completely grateful uh, because I wouldn't have what I have now. I wouldn't be sitting at my kitchen table talking to you on my laptop with my microphone in my house if it wasn't for that. And for that, I'm internally grateful. And it's something that I feel so blessed because not everybody gets this. Not everybody gets to have a French pressed coffee in the morning. Or, you know, open their brand new curtains and to see the ocean. But I do. And it's something that, it's something I don't take for granted and I thank myself. But I also realize how how long and hard I've worked to get to this point. Um, just wrapping up now. Um, just tell them where they can find them, how much they are. And um, we're definitely going to have you back on once you're finished. Uh, you're talking about uh, the little girl with the dragon. And we'll have her father on and we'll talk about what inspired that. And we'll go into detail about that uh, in a future episode. But for right now, just tell me where you can find Abby, how you can purchase them, and all of that good stuff. Well, I have everything on Amazon. I'm looking to kind of expand it to like Ingram Spark and some other print-on-demand distributors. But in the meantime, Amazon is the place to go. If you are local in St. John, I am selling them for $10 a piece, um, but only local in St. John because shipping is crazy. Um, but when it comes to the books, uh, I highly recommend looking at the series, but I also recommend getting away from the series. Like we have the Horse of Feathers, and there's also one that's Munch, called Munch the Curious Beaver. It's it's kind of a reach-around book. It's a little dirty. I'm also working on another reach-around book called Jake the Snake. It's about a snake worried about his size, and it rhymes. <laughs> and then there's a few other ones. Like I have one for Oreo's Three Wishes. It was a, puppy, a dog that I had for 14 years. And then I have one called Charlie the Seahorse, which talks about greed. Um, Oreo's Three Wishes actually talks about consequences. And oh, what other one is there? Um, 
Charlie the Seahorse is Oakery, that all of those books I tend to I tend to make them rhyming because rhyming is just so much more funner. But definitely check out the other books as well, especially the Munch the Beaver book. Definitely a personal favorite, crowd pleaser. You're gonna love it. But when it comes to the books, definitely Amazon would be the way to go if you want to meet up locally and buy the books. Ten it's ten dollars flat no taxes or anything and we can go from there i definitely would recommend going there and picking them up um even if it's for a friend or a child in your family that's been through some trauma um you never know who these books might reach and might touch in a fulfillment kind of way um definitely i feel like these books are definitely needed it can help kids get through difficult times and they're great stories and they're going to a local artist or they're just going to one of the little guys. You know, it's it's one of the things that it's done by passion. It's not done for money. That's one of the things that I really think are great about these books. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we take off here there, Christine? Absolutely. I mean, I, I never had the intention with, to make money on those books. It was more to just help that one kid or that one person going through it, or maybe the adult reading the book. I even have a book about the five stages of grief, and it's all done in dinosaurs. And the there's a, two characters in that book are actually, it's a time travel loop. So it actually takes them, it actually takes the, the animals back to this magical planet where she, she re-meets them again. So there definitely is like a little bit of a fun, a fun thing in there. And also I recently just started doing customized books. So I take the, the moral of the story that from, from the adult to what you would like the child to learn I add pages where you can leave notes, activity pages. I let the child themselves pick out the animals, name the animals, kind of pick out the main colors. So the book is personalized. So there, it's the book is literally just for that child. It's all hand painted, all hand drawn. Um, the adult actually gets to read the story first and make sure it's exactly what they want. I send kind of print copies of what you're looking for for what the illustrations are so I, I'm, I take a lot of pride in what I do but I also know how cool it is to hold something personalized in your hands um, the books that I do have are all named after my niece and nephews and my friends nieces and nephews and sons and daughters so every single character in those books is somebody I know so I figured why not extend that to you know Jim's child you know what I mean and and maybe Jim wants their child to know about sharing so I get a general idea of what sharing means to Jim and, and his and his wife and I write the story they approve it the daughter gets to weigh in on what they want their story to be and that child actually gets to hold something that is physically theirs that they put some energy and thought into and it's just such a cool feeling so I'd also like to kind of extend that out too if you're interested in doing that definitely I think definitely check that out for sure um the link will be down in the bottom of this episode definitely give it a check out guys i can't highly recommend it anymore thanks for being on today christine and that was episode two guys um i hope you guys enjoyed it definitely give those books um a look up um i really truly believe that things like that will help people through trauma and i want to just give the quote of the day today and uh, it's something I'm going to kind of continue to do because I really think it's something really neat. And the quote is, and it's by an Oscar Wilde, to live is the rarest 
thing in the world. Most people exist. That is all. And I'm going to give kind of my own diagnosis of what I think that is. And it means to make every day count. I know it's hard sometimes. You just you feel depressed and you don't want to get up and you hate life and fuck my job, fuck doing any of this stuff. I just want to lay in bed and I just want to cry. And I hear you. There's days that I want to do that too. But even if you just make your bed in the morning, just realize that you've accomplished something. Um, Live. Live every day like it's your last. Live every day. Do things that make you happy. Um, I said this to a person a couple days ago that I try to do what I do to make me happy. I try to balance it so that I'm doing 70% things that make me happy and 20 stuff, 20% of stuff that meh kind of makes me shitty, but you know, whatever. I'll do it because I'm more happy than I'm negative. And that seems to work for me. And so, and that was the quote of the day. In closing, guys, I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in. Be kind to each other, guys. And um, we'll catch you around next week. Take care, guys. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's.